Episode 125 of One Man Watchpoint, an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you're a returning listener, of course, you know who I am. I'm your host, Sir Dr. Jam. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not give me a follow? Reach out to me over on those social media platforms where you can bring me questions, comments, concerns, topics for the show, whatever you want, of course, as they relate to Overwatch and video games in general. I like to talk about video games that's why i have this podcast so bring them to me over there and we'll bring them to the show and we'll have a nice little chat albeit pretty one-sided but that's okay now today we don't have too big a show to get to however of course we are in the midst of the overwatch league playoffs or play-ins if you will um so we have some overwatch league action to cover and of course we have some overwatch league action to look forward to so Let's get in there. Now, you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends and all that jazz. And of course, if you enjoy what you hear today on One Man Watchpoint, check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, where I am the third chair, along with my hosts Chris and Alex. We talk about everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant around the Overwatch League week to week. And of course, over there, we've also done interviews with the likes of Sean Miller, the president of the Overwatch League, Baroy, the general manager of the Vancouver Titans, Kasora is the head coach of the Toronto Defiant, and many more. Now, I can't wait to get to some of this news, so without further ado, let's dive on in. I'll do this alone if I have to. All right, so we're going to kick things off this week with a little bit of a PSA. Of course, if you are a PlayStation console gamer, you, of course, probably have PlayStation Plus, at the very least, the Essentials tier, of course, arguably the only one that's worth paying the money. Um, But you can, of course, head on over to the PlayStation Store, and if you search for Overwatch 2 Bonus Pack you'll be able to get yourself the Will-O-Wisp Legendary Skin for Tracer, as well as five Battle Pass Tier Skips right now. And actually, speaking of, those uh, Battle Pass Tier Skips definitely come in handy as we are, I think, in the final 30 days of this Battle Pass. I believe it'll end somewhere around the end of uh, this season of the Overwatch League. Um, However, get in there. If you are a PlayStation gamer, you can claim this. It is free. Uh, I believe you just have to have PlayStation Plus. So you claim that. Your Battle.net account is connected to your PlayStation Network account, and you will, of course, unlock that skin plus the Battle Pass tier skips. So get in there and get it for yourself. I don't know about you, but I have been charging through this Battle Pass. This is definitely probably... Definitely, probably. The quickest I've made it through one of these battle passes. Um, I don't think I've quite completed it just yet. Uh, I've actually, I was playing a lot here and there, and then I kind of have taken a bit of a backseat as I've been watching some shows and things like that. So, in any case, get in there and get your skins. Now, that's it for your PSAs this week. So, we're going to head on over to dottiesports.com. All of our news stories this week are from dottiesports.com. I'll mention it a couple times, but just as a heads up there. We're going to head on over there for September 6th with an article written by Scott Robertson, which reads, Overwatch League reportedly talking to other organizers as crucial owners vote nears. With so much doubt surrounding the future of the Overwatch League, those in charge have reportedly begun contacting third-party tournament organizers about next year. That is, if the OWL survives until next year with the looming end-of-year owner's vote. 
the Owl has been pursuing talks with both the ESL Faceit Group and WDG Esports about organizing league competition, according to sources who spoke to GG Recon, with ESL Faceit being considered for both North American and European competition, while WDG would organize the Asia circuit. Before the inception of Owl, ESL ran multiple competitive Overwatch events during the game's early days. But before the reported talks progress any further, the effective future of the league has to be decided by the owners of each OWL franchise. This past July, Activision Blizzard said teams will vote on a, quote, sorry, an, quote, updated operating agreement, end quote, at the end of the current season. Teams that don't vote to continue operating in the league will receive a $6 million buyout. According to a source who spoke to GG Recon, Quote, two-thirds of the remaining franchises would be required for the continuation of the Overwatch League under the new operating agreement, end quote. At time of writing, there are 19 teams competing in OWL, meaning 12 or 13, depending on if you round up or down, teams would need to agree to the new deal. If they don't, then the OWL will seemingly cease to exist. WDG Esports is well-versed in Overwatch production, having run Overwatch Contenders and the Korean broadcast for OWL since 2019. ESL Faceit Group owns and operates ESL Faceit and DreamHack while organizing events and circuits across various esports and was purchased and merged by the Saudi-backed Savvy Group, Savvy Gaming Group at the start of 2022. Now one thing I want to do here real quick, we're going to go Overwatch League Teams. We're just going to pull up a list of the teams here. So interesting that uh, I think this is the first time we've actually heard that we need two-thirds of the remaining franchises uh, to vote in favor of continuing the league for it to continue. Uh, I believe what we had heard or what was rumored before was that it just had to be a majority. So this obviously would be slightly more with, with 19. You'd be looking at 9 or 10. Um, whereas, you know, now it's, let's say, 12 or 13. So I'm just going to, you know, for hypothetical reasons, let's look at the league here and let's just see who we could see voting to stay. So we know there's a couple of orgs that I think we know are fairly positive and would likely be uh, down with the sickness in staying. We also know that there are a handful that definitely would not. So I'm thinking it's probably easier to rule some of these out. The first three that come to mind are, of course, the three that are, are already eliminated in this Overwatch League season. So we've got the Vegas Eternal, we've got the Los Angeles Valiant, and we've got the Los Angeles Gladiators. Of course, Gladiators this year um, have had a bit of a shadow over them the whole year because it's been well known and reported on that the Guard, the company that does own the uh, Gladiators, uh, basically was folding after this season or selling off all their slots. So we know that one will fold. Uh, the Vegas Eternal, I don't think, had much of a hope at all, which was apparent by their roster and what they did this year. And the Los Angeles Valiant, we also know, was uh, sort of skimming by, um, you know. And, and that's not to say anything or criticize any of the players, of course, because we know that uh, they all tried their hardest and many of them were happy to get a shot in the league. But unfortunately, those organizations, uh, I think we are pretty confident that they would be out of the picture. Aside from that, um, I can't comment too much on the Eastern teams because I, I haven't followed them too closely, let alone their business uh, uh, dealings. Now, it wouldn't surprise me too much if the New York Excelsior were looking at bowing out. However, they had previously been one of the more well-marketed teams, so I could see them having you know some level of profitability. We also know that the Toronto Defiant and the Florida Mayhem have both uh, been fairly profitable. 
uh, as organizations. So let's say that Florida Mayhem, Toronto Defiant, that's two in the positive side of things. I'd say San Francisco Shock, given their success over the years, is probably a more positive-leaning organization, and also the fact that NRG has uh, you know multiple esports franchises. So that's maybe three positive-leaning ones. The Dallas Fuel, I think, we would look to as a sort of... Um, bit of a beacon of how to run the business as well i think they've done well of course they also had a very strong rivalry with the houston outlaws who maybe could fall into that bucket of the more positive side of things as well um, but i know there have been you know some rumors about houston looking at uh, selling things off too so i mean <clears throat> looking at this list overall we've got 19 teams here Two, four, five. Sorry, yeah, yeah. We've got nineteen. I'm just making sure I can see them all on on my screen here. And I think I can reason my way through saying five or six are positive leaning. I feel like there's at least three, maybe four, that I can pretty confidently say are uh, either going to fold or leaning that way. And then there's probably a bunch of question marks. You know, the London Spitfire being the last last bastion of European Overwatch League talent um, kind of strikes me as a little bit of an outlier. You know, they they do maybe have that appeal of being the only European team, so European fans may sort of latch onto them. But I don't know overall, given how uh, successful the org has been or not, I don't know how how popular they actually are as sort of a brand. Now, of course, they do have the Cloud9 backing, which um, Cloud9 is a well-known esports team. And we also know that there may be some rebrands coming through uh, with some of these changes as well. So it's entirely possible that the London Spitfire become the C9 Spitfire or Spitfire C9 or something to that extent. So maybe that's a bit of a shift that uh, is, is positive for them. Um, but then we get into teams like the Atlanta Reign, who in the past have, of course, been sort of that gatekeeper team. This this year, they're probably a favorite for winning the Overwatch League. Um, but does success truly equal, you know, a desire for them to stick around? I, that's hard to say. Um, the Boston Uprising, of course, we know that they had in the past struggled. And then this season kind of really went and built that super team. And by all accounts, they've been doing very well this season. Um, but what does their ownership group really think? Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we know that it's actually changed hands in terms of the management of them this season. Um, I can't quite remember who it went to or who it was with before, but I think we know that. So again, just speculating. I, I don't know, obviously, the inner workings of a lot of these organizations. I'm just kind of guessing. Washington Justice is another question mark where they've struggled over the past few seasons. Um, and I mean, if we look at the upcoming... Uh, games here yes they're still in qualification to make it into the the finals but uh, unfortunately they've got some stiff competition to beat through the losers bracket if they do want to uh, get there so a little bit a little bit hard to say with them um, and then there's the wild card of the eastern teams I think it's probably pretty safe to say both soul teams are maybe more positive leaning um, especially given the soul infernal just moved to soul uh, obviously, the Philly franchise was a very popular one, so I would have said that they were probably positive, but now that they're the Soul Infernal, of course, being based in Seoul, um, kind of changing things to be uh, based in the East, I think is positive for them, especially we know that Seoul is kind of the 
the HQ, the headquarters of esports around the world in a lot of ways. So I'd say both Soul teams, uh, and with the Dynasty being run by Gen G, of course, I think both Soul teams are probably pretty positive leaning. Now, what about the Chinese teams, right? Those are a bit of a question mark, especially with what we know happened with the Chengdu Hunters this season. Shanghai Dragons, Guangzhou Charge, Hangzhou Spark, all sort of question marks right now, um, especially with a, uh, I believe there is, oh, am I wrong? Oh, I was going to say, I believe O2 Blast qualified to play through the plans, but I, it looks like I'm wrong. I don't see them on the bracket up here. So I guess I guess that's not the case. But in any case, um, you know, it's it's really hard to say what happens with those Chinese teams. Is it more of a logistical nightmare for them to continue on than for them to just simply bow out? And if they do bow out, that's, let's see, one, two, three. So Guangzhou, Hangzhou, Guangzhou, I should say, Hangzhou, Shanghai, that's three. Then we already talked about Los Angeles Valiant, Vegas Eternal, Los Angeles Gladiators. That's six out of 19, and that brings the total down to 13 already. And if that majority or two-thirds majority that they need is 12 or 13, well, things are looking pretty slim there. Then you better hope that New York is is feeling positive. You better hope that the Washington Justice are as well. Um, and some of those other teams that I said are kind of more on the fence. So, you know, obviously we're just speculating here, but uh, a two-thirds majority does seem pretty harsh. I think we we have to assume that although the league is merely covering their bases in you know beginning talks with these these organizations, I would suggest that their projections are that uh, the Overwatch League does not exist in the same way, shape, or form that we know it to exist today after this season, of course, which is something that we've talked about, you know, a number of times. I don't think that's too surprising to anyone. Um, it's just, you know, maybe a bit of a, a show of your hand for this to leak that uh, these teams are now actively talking to third-party organizers. But on the good side of things, hey, they're planning for every option, right? Should these teams bow out of the league? Should the league essentially implode? Of course, I'm sure it will restructure. I'm sure there will be uh, lots of, you know, lots of jobs lost, lots of changes and reorganizations and things like that. Um, but it's also good to see that the current leadership is exploring the avenues that they need to to make sure that they can still be successful. Um, <clears throat> I had previously on another episode brought up the idea that well the overwatch league as we know it may collapse um i wouldn't be too surprised to see something like overwatch esports become the new brand that is run by blizzard meanwhile they have these other organizations that run you know overwatch esports west or overwatch esports north america overwatch esports emeca emec overwatch esports uh you know whatever korea overwatch esports eastern kind of thing um so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. But of course, right now, presence of mind, let's focus on the now. We are in the midst of the Overwatch League Grand Finals qualification. So let's move on. We've got a couple other notes to talk about here or articles to talk about here. And then, of course, we'll talk Overwatch League. So we're going to stick with .esports. We're going to head over to an article by Max Michelli, which 
was posted on September 7th and reads, Overwatch 2 Season 6 Mid-Cycle Patch Notes, All Hero Balance Changes and Hero Mastery. So this is, of course, an article about the mid-season patch, which was pushed back. Uh, on last week's episode, we kind of thought we might be talking about it. But of course, we knew that that patch had been pushed back to the Thursday of that week, I believe. Um, so it did just drop uh, less than a week ago, of course, on Thursday the 7th. So I'm going to jump a little ways into the article here. Just cut out some of the... Cut out some of the... Uh, um, I don't know what to call it. Trim some of the fat, if you will. And jump into the section that they talk about the Hero Mastery. So, Overwatch 2 Season 6 Mid-Cycle Patch Notes, Hero Mastery. Blizzard has finally added Hero Mastery to Overwatch 2 with three heroes available in the single-player mode, Reinhardt, Tracer, and Mercy. The game mode has courses that are customized for the specific hero you select, and the mode has a scoring system that allows you to work towards achieving higher scores on a global leaderboard. The mode has three different difficulties, and while there are just three heroes you can play for now, Blizzard announced that it will be adding Sojourn as an option on September 12th and Winston on September 19th. For me personally, uh, as they mentioned there, we've got Tracer, we've got Mercy, we've got Reinhardt. I did play through each one. Um, I believe I did Reinhardt first, and I actually made my way through all three challenges. You do have to collect a certain number of points in the challenge in each challenge prior to unlock the next ones. Um, so Reinhardt, I did the first one, you know, once to get to know the course and then a second time to bump up my score. Then I did the second one, same thing. Then I did the third one, same thing. Then I moved on to Tracer. And uh, I believe Tracer, I kind of similar thing, gave it a try just to get to know the map, then gave it a try to get a score that was decent, got it, moved on to whatever, the, the middle mode. Uh, did the same thing, and then I actually didn't earn enough on my second go to unlock the third, uh, the final challenge. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was like one star away. Uh, so I just need to, you know, bump up my score a tiny bit. But I just honestly didn't care to do it enough to, uh, you know, keep trying, keep trying to bump up my score, looking up optimal paths or anything like that. And then, of course, I did Mercy and the uh, same kind of thing. I, you know, I, I did the first one and then I moved on to the second one and I just was kind of like, oh, okay, that's, uh, I think that's enough. Um, the interesting thing is you can definitely see how these, uh, these courses are kind of score chasing, which is really cool. The thing that I don't find too interest uh, I don't know the thing that I think they kind of missed the mark on is I had really thought that these courses would be an attempt to uh, help teach you how to play the hero more proficiently but um, I don't really think they do that or I don't think they do a good job of it and the biggest example I have of that is the mercy course so even at the lowest level mercy course um, it actually wants you to do things like jumping off the map and you you know follow a trail of coins so it very much it, it breadcrumbs you off the map and then it wants you to look across and you should see a, uh, a friendly ai bot that you can then uh, guardian angel over to um in order to not you know sink to your death and die but the thing that i find the game lacks is it doesn't really show you that outside of the visual cues it simply breadcrumbs you off the map and it looks like you will just go down and sink to your death there may be a few breadcrumbs leading you over to that other uh, character but i almost wish that you know at the lowest level it walked you through some of those things so that people who aren't you know catching on the, or picking up on those cues that you're meant to guardian angel under the the base part of the map um 
I wish it kind of pointed it out or highlighted it to you a little bit more. It feels like the the lowest level should teach you the basics of how to play this character rather than just throwing you in and saying, here it is, know the basics, right? Uh, I, I almost wish it had, I don't know, just some, some form of signposting that, you know, directed you to, okay, you jump off the map, and then there was, I don't even know how they would do it, but maybe a large arrow pointing the other way. So you look that way, and then something comes up saying, you know, guardian angel now and it is indicating to you that this is what you need to do to be successful on this one um of course these are sort of score chasing hero mastery modes so i guess the point is more competition you you're meant to figure these things out yourself but i had really thought that the point of the hero mastery was to help people improve at these heroes um now obviously people are going to have youtube tutorials People are going to just go on YouTube, look up the optimal path, and go, oh, that's how I do it, and then they'll do it themselves if they really care that much. So, you know, maybe what my thoughts are, are, are pointless there. Maybe that is the point, right? For those who care, they will seek that out, and for those who don't, uh, they'll give it a try once. They might not get that high of a score, and they'll just move on, right? But I had kind of thought it would be a little bit more purposeful in teaching you uh, a what to do kind of thing. But in any case... I'm looking forward, honestly, to the Winston one. Um, I enjoyed the Reinhardt one. Uh, the Tracer one I enjoyed, but it was huge. I felt like it was really widespread. That's obviously because Tracer is such a mobile hero, but it it also felt like I wasn't quite sure all the time where to go or what order to do things in. Um, and then the Mercy one, like I said, you know, just the Mercy one was maybe the, the trickiest one where you kind of had to explore the map the most. Um, again, because Mercy has some very unique movement abilities. So... Anyways, uh, I'm looking forward to the Winston one. I think that will be really fun with uh, uh, utilizing his jump, utilizing the knockback from his jump, um, hopefully utilizing his primal rage to get some uh, some environmental kills, things like that, maybe even some juggling. So anyways, good stuff there. Moving on. Overwatch 2, Season 6 Mid-Cycle, Hero Balance Changes. Support Heroes, duration until support role passive activates has been increased to two seconds up from 1.5 blizzard commented that these changes were made to account for general survivability adjustments that the team made to individual support heroes that make them quite strong overall junker queen jagged blade impact damage increased to 65 up from 50 there isn't much to say about this one players who are accurate with their jagged blade will be re rewarded for their projectile prowess and if you get caught out by a junker queen you'll feel that much more silly for being caught out in the open by the enemy tank Orisa. Fortified cooldown begins when the ability is activated, not when it ends. Cooldown increased to 16.5 seconds, up from 12. Overhealth bonus decreased to 100, down from 125. These changes largely make it so that you'll still have about the same amount of downtime, but it will incentivize Orisa players to not prematurely cancel their fortify. Blizzard's notes suggest that this will make Orisa, quote, more susceptible to counterplay, end quote. Zarya. Projected barrier health increased to 225, up from 200, and cooldown decreased to 8 seconds, down from 10. Barrier size increased 15%. This is only for her projected barrier, not her personal barrier, but it very well might be the most notable buff any hero received in this patch. I think you might start seeing more Zarya players in your ranked games as a result. Uh, this is my own thoughts here. This one I find particularly interesting as it applies to the Overwatch League, of course, because 
um, they, they make that important distinction. This is only for the projected barrier. It's not for her personal one. But they're giving it more health. They're decreasing the cooldown. And they're increasing the size of the bubble, which is kind of maybe the most interesting one, right? Uh, depending on the hero that you bubble, that bubble could be very large, really sorry about the alarms, really bumping up your protection uh, to your enemy. And of course, that in turn builds up your charge more than uh, than it did previously. So this one could be really interesting. Um, and of course, the health as well, uh, you know, it, it, it will last slightly longer. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how this one applies to the Overwatch League. Of course, we know that we have uh, some really stellar Zarya players um, and even... Uh, was it the start of this season or was it last season that we last sort of saw Zarya kind of rising to, to relevance again? Um, but of course, we all remember the sort of GOATS era when Zarya was uh, just an, a, a really, really powerful player in the in the field. So anyways, some of those players are still around. Of course, uh, I think we've seen some rumors that uh, Decay may have been scrimming some Zarya, which he he once was, I don't know if I'd say known for, but he was once very good on. Um, other than that, I mean, nobody really comes to mind that was a, a, a super impressive Zarya and nobody in the league anymore. Um, I'd like to see, you know, some, some old Vancouver Titans runaway players come back, but hey, that's not going to happen. Moving on. Ash, Viper reload time decreased to 0.2 seconds, down from 0.25. Ash has the longest reload time in the game because of her ability to stop mid-reload to shoot. But if you spent any amount of time playing her, you know just how grueling, gruelingly long a full reload takes. This is definitely a small buff, but it's more of a quality of life improvement than anything. Bastion, 836 tactical grenade impact damage decreased to 15, down from 30. Configuration artillery can no longer deal crits. Being able to crit with Bastion's Artillery Ultimate kind of always felt a little bit weird. Additionally, the damage reduction to his Tactical Grenade comes after a larger rework that buffed it to the, it to start Season 6. This is just Blizzard reeling those buffs in a little bit more. May, Endothermic Blaster damage increased to 70 per second up, per second, up from 65. Duration before slow falls off between primary fire hits up to 0.6 seconds from 0.5. Deep Chill, uh, bonus damage can be triggered with May's melee. Blizzard admitted May is underperforming following her most recent changes. Ever since the reintroduction of a slow on her endothermic blaster, the team has seemed to have a difficult time finding the right tuning for her kit. Don't be surprised if she gets tweaked again in a month with the start of Season 7. Baptiste, regenerative, regenerative burst, instant heal, and heal over time, uh, each decreased to 40, down from 50. Blizzard notes... Blizzard's notes, sorry, suggest this ability has been, quote, too effective after gaining the bonus instant health for low health allies, end quote. In any situation, being able to quickly heal half your health as a support is a powerful survivability tool, so it should, shouldn't be too surprising that it's being dropped just a smidge. Kuriko, Protection Suzu, now passes through enemies. The justification for this is that if it doesn't knock enemies back anymore, so it effectively just becomes a nice little quality of life improvement for Kuriko. And let's be real, after all the bugs she's had to deal with, she deserves it. So there you go. That's uh, that's our Season 6 mid-season patch. Um, obviously, lots of changes there. Obviously, Hero Mastery being dropped is big, um, as well as, you know, tweaks and bug fixes and things like that. Um I'm excited to see the Hero Mastery coming. That's a you know a feature that we've been long awaiting since Overwatch 2 was uh, kind of first shown off in in 
the form that it is. Um, and of course, we're, I guess, now that I think about it, we're basically one month out from uh, from the anniversary of Overwatch 2 dropping. It's almost been out for a full year now. Uh, crazy to think that, you know, six seasons in a year. Yeah, well, anyways. Um, and obviously a number of important tweaks there. Uh, Junker Queen getting a bit of a buff there is big. Uh, Junker Queen was already being played quite a bit in the Overwatch League um, in a lot of ways to counter the Orisa. And then Orisa, of course, getting a bit of a, a nerf, but, you know, like they talk about there, kind of more of just a balancing change. Um, so anyways, some interesting play there. And then, of course, Zarya getting those changes that I mentioned. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens with the Zarya. So as I have a sip of my tea, let's move on to our final news article here before we go and talk a little bit of Overwatch League. Another article by Max Michelli, this time on September 8th on DottieSports.com, which reads, Blizzard admits competitive Overwatch needs changes, but don't expect to see them soon. Overwatch 2 game director Aaron Keller addressed numerous issues with the game's ranked mode today in his Director's Take blog post on the official Overwatch website. And while he expressed sympathy for frustrated players, he stopped short of saying that a lot of changes are coming quickly. Referencing a YouTube video by content creator Eske that outlines numerous ways in which the Overwatch 2 ranked system is problematic, Keller admitted his team is working to fix a lot of the issues players have with the current system, but we won't see many of those changes come to the game for a little while. Quote, I agree with a lot of what has been said, and I want to share a glimpse into what the development team is thinking and the direction that we're likely to go with competitive in the future, Keller said. Quote, the team has been working on changes to our competitive mode for some time, but moderate to major changes to the mode won't find their way into the game until sometime down the road. I won't be able to address every issue that people are discussing in this piece, but I would like to address some of the major ones, end quote. Keller was quick to note that a lack of transparency that previously existed in the original over iteration of Overwatch seems to be a sticking point for many players. Instances of players getting demoted after winning more games than they lost certainly feel bad for those players, and that's something the devs intend to fix. Quote, Some feedback we've heard about the current system is that you're not pleased with how much information about the match and your progress is hidden from you, Keller said. Quote, Going forward, we're shifting our values to provide more transparency to the mode. This doesn't necessarily mean that the older skill rating measurement is or isn't coming back. As we continue to iterate on the possibilities, we very much appreciate your continued feedback. We want you to have a better understanding of what your true rank is and why wins and losses cause it to move up or down based on the general skill level of all players in a match, end quote. Well, the post in its 1,000 plus word entirety came across as understanding and apologetic, it still lacked clarity on exactly what players should expect and when they can expect it. So it certainly seems like Blizzard wants to do right by players, but until we get dates and specifics on changes, the comments feel like lip service for gamers who have been annoyed with ranked Overwatch for some time. So there you go. That article basically covered the fact that Aaron Keller said some stuff, but didn't really say anything at all. Um, you know, it's great that he's talking about this. It's great that we know we may see, see some changes coming soon and things like that, but ultimately, uh, nothing to talk about yet. Um, you know, again, another article that I read, uh, said that, uh, basically was, was the headline was, uh, Overwatch competitive changes, uh, won't be coming until next year or something like that. And, you know, all these things are a little dramatic, but also a little bit true. Uh, it's unfortunate because, 
although I wouldn't say they had a good system in Overwatch 1, I was never a huge fan of the competitive system, the SR rating system and everything like that. Uh, they definitely caught a lot of flack when they got rid of that and you know shifted to this system that they're using now. Um, so do I truly have any idea what a better alternative would be? No, I definitely don't. So, all right. With all of that said, that is going to be it for our news segment of the show. And now we're going to shift gears. We're going to go, we're going to talk a little bit of Overwatch League action. This is it. Push forward. All right. So as you know, we are in the Overwatch League Grand Finals. Uh, what do we call this? Uh, play-in tournaments right now. Uh, so these play-ins will, of course, uh, seed and set the stage for the Grand Finals uh, at the very end of September here and uh, the start of October. Now, of course, as you know, I'm going to the Grand Finals in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm very excited to be there. Uh, so let's look at what's going on right now, what teams we know will be in the Grand Finals uh, already, and what teams we might see in the Grand Finals. So, of course, I pulled up a list here of the actual uh, teams that have already qualified that are not playing in the play-in tournaments, which are going on right now in both the East and the West, um, and who we will see. So we have three teams from the West confirmed right now. We have two teams from the East confirmed right now. We have two more teams from the West that will be decided uh, in the coming weeks here. And then we have one more team in the East that will be decided in the coming weeks here. So in the West, our confirmed teams are the Atlanta Reign. Of course, players including Lip, Stalker, Donghack, Hawk, Fielder, and Chio. We have the Florida Mayhem. Players including Merit, Checkmate, Sauna, Someone, Chorong, and RuPaul. Now, I don't think... Am I crazy or did Sauna get dropped? I might be thinking of someone else. Anyways, doesn't matter. We have the Houston Outlaws. Happy, Pelican, Fearless, Shu, and Violet. So uh, a couple of all-star rosters there, uh, or all three all-star rosters there. Um, yeah, very exciting to hear all of uh, those players coming along. And then in the east, we have the Hangzhou Spark now confirmed to be coming with Shy, Leave, Gushui, Langsa, Monk, and Pineapple. And then we now know the Soul Infernal will be joining them with the likes of Zest, MN3, Mag, Poco, Hyunjae, Skewed, and Fixa. So very exciting stuff there. I'm uh you know if i get to meet any of these players it would be pretty dope to meet poco honestly uh given his his current sort of position or standing with the soul infernal the the oddity that that situation is um but it would be very exciting to uh to see him if if he does get to play but also just to see him in person so now obviously that's not the only player all of those players are very exciting um you know i'd be really excited to see zest play live shy pineapple um, I mean, you've got classic players like Monk, Gushui. Sorry for knocking my table there. Uh, I'd actually be really excited to see Gushui play, especially if he gets to play some Winston. Um, and then, I mean, in the West, of course, we've got all-star rosters all around. We've got Fearless. We've got Violet. Uh, you know, we've got Checkmate and Someone and Chorong and RuPaul and Lip and Stalker. Um, Chio, Fielder, Hawk. Oh, my gosh. Gator, of course, uh, coach of the Atlanta Reign, um, among other impressive coaches uh like gunba for the florida mayhem like just it'll be it'll be nuts i'm i'm starting to get hyped i'm trying to keep the hype down and it's it's coming up so i'm getting pretty excited so we know those teams are qualified for the overwatch league grand finals 
at the end of September here. But, of course, this past weekend, we also had some Overwatch League action, which helped to progress the play-in tournaments. So, just quickly, I'll cover the Eastern uh, uh, seeding here, because we now know uh, what will uh, what the stage looks like in the East for the uh, play-in tournaments. So, we are starting our upper bracket semifinals with the Shanghai Dragons against the Dallas Fuel, and then the Guangzhou Charge against the Seoul Dynasty. Now, both of those games will technically, over in the West, take place on Friday, September 15th at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. respectively. Um, those then seed, of course, the lower bracket semifinal, the upper bracket final, etc., etc. So I'm just going to check here real quick. So we have those games on the 15th, and then we have how many games on the 16th? We will have two games on the 16th. We'll have a lower bracket semifinal, which will eliminate one team. We'll have an upper bracket final, which will send another team to the lower bracket final. And then on the 17th of September, we will have both the qualifying match, uh, sorry, the lower bracket final, which will send a second team to the qualifying match against the upper bracket final champ. And also on the 17th, they will play to determine who qualifies. So all of that will be happening this weekend in the East, the 15th, 16th, 17th. After that, we will have our final team that is, of course, uh, coming to the Overwatch League Grand Finals in Toronto, along with the Hangzhou Spark and the Seoul Infernal. And again, looking at the bracket, it will either be your Shanghai Dragons, your Dallas Fuel, your Guangzhou Charge, or your Seoul Dynasty. Uh, personally, I have to look at these rosters. I kind of feel like I'm pulling for Dallas. It'd be exciting to see Moon. Uh, sorry, not Moon. Um, why can't I think of who the head coach of Dallas is? Um, Rush. It's Rush. Uh, I, I was thinking. I was thinking Shanghai there. Um, it, if Shanghai qualified, it'd be exciting to see Moon there. But of course, it'd be exciting to see Rush and uh, the rest of the former champs, of course, from the Dallas Fuel of of your come across and everything like that. But uh, anyways, I think my hand would go to Dallas. I'd be pulling for them, but. If the Soul Dynasty came, maybe they brought some sick merch. I'd be down with that too. So, anyways, your East bracket final is all taking place this upcoming weekend. That is, of course, September 15th, 16th, and 17th. Now, if we look in the West, we have a number of matches to play. But first, let's cover what just happened in the West. So, this past weekend... On September 9th, of course, we had a handful of games here. We had three games and then two games on the Sunday. So these were, of course, uh, we kicked things off with your upper bracket round one. Now, this simply eliminated a team from the finals um, or from the, the play-in tournament. So we started things off on September 9th, Saturday, September 9th, with the Washington Justice facing off against the New York Excelsior. And unfortunately, the New York Excelsior were eliminated with a three to one score. New York is gone. Uh, that is shockwave of the Vancouver Titans fame now out the door and uh, sent packing. So Washington then advanced to the upper bracket quarterfinals. But first we had a game between the San Francisco Shock and the London Spitfire, where London managed to take it 3-1, which then sends San Francisco down to the lower bracket quarterfinal. And London progresses to the upper bracket semifinals. 
The Toronto Defiant then got to take on the Washington Justice, who previously just won against the New York Excelsior. And boy, oh boy, did the Toronto Defiant look strong. They managed to pull off a 3-0 win over the Washington Justice, sending the Washington Justice to the lower bracket quarterfinal. So those were your Saturday matches. We then moved to Sunday, where we had our two upper bracket semifinal matches, which of course then finished the seeding for the lower bracket quarterfinal and the upper bracket final. So our matches on Sunday, September 10th, went with the Boston Uprising taking a 3-1 win over the London Spitfire, and the Toronto Defiant taking a hard-fought 3-2 win reverse sweep over the Vancouver Titans. So what does that mean? Well, if we look at our schedule coming up, as I mentioned this weekend, we start things on Friday, Shanghai versus Dallas, Guangzhou versus Seoul. We then move to Saturday, September 16th, with our 1 p.m. match being the lower bracket quarterfinal in the West, San Francisco Shock versus the Vancouver Titans. This is a grudge match to start off the play-ins weekend. Uh, You know, old rivals, the Vancouver Titans and the San Francisco Shock, hugely different looks than they've seen before um but ultimately i would have to say most people are going to go with the vancouver titans vancouver titans look really quite strong right now i have to say um they fought really hard against the toronto defiant and boy oh boy did toronto look uh not great for the first little while there um like i said toronto managed to pull off a reverse sweep which is no uh no easy task especially against a team like the vancouver titans but oh boy, uh, I think San Francisco has is going to have a tough time here. And the unfortunate part about this is the loser of this match is going home. Uh, that'll be it. That'll be the end of their season. Wow, it's actually it's just occurring to me that that's the case. Um, that really sucks. I <laughs> unfortunately I I hadn't I just hadn't really thought of that, but. That could be the end of Vancouver's season, I guess. That could be it for the Vancouver Titans. Man, I'm I'm hopeful that that's not the case. I'm really hopeful that the Vancouver Titans managed to pull out a win against the San Francisco Shock. Do I think they can? Yes, I certainly do. I think they can at least win this game and move on to face one more opponent. But after the San Francisco Shock uh, take on the Vancouver Titans... We then have our other lower bracket quarterfinal, which is the Washington Justice against the London Spitfire. Um, You know, in my opinion, the edge does go to the London Spitfire here. I don't think it'll be too much of a challenge for them. That'll send Washington packing. And we would then, of course, have our final match of the day on Saturday, September 16th, being the upper bracket final, which will feature the Toronto Defiant facing off against the Boston Uprising. Now this one, will be an interesting match. I think no matter what way you cut it, uh, this this should be a five-map banger, and I'd be really curious to see what Boston pulls out against the Toronto Defiant. Uh, Boston, throughout the season, has traditionally, you know, again, this season, ha- looked impressive and definitely been the, the more impressive of the two teams here. Um, but ultimately... Ultimately, I think that Toronto stands a chance, which is kind of surprising to say because Toronto had such an abysmal season. Otherwise, um, or, you know, I mean, they, they wound up, of course, you know, perfect 500, 8-8 eight and eight on the season. But ultimately, um, 
ultimately Toronto looks really strong right now. Now Boston does too, so who really knows? But I'm very hopeful Toronto can take this. If Toronto can take this, they knock Boston down to the lower bracket final, of course. So those matches will all take place on Saturday, September 16th. We then move to Sunday, September 17th, where we actually don't know any of our matches, of course. Uh, these matches will be determined by the winners and losers of their uh, the, the previous matches that have already taken place. Hypothetically speaking, uh, I won't speculate on the East too much just because I don't really know what's going to happen too much uh, with them. But in the West, I would love to see the London Spitfire taking on the Vancouver Titans in the lower bracket semifinal. I would love to see the Vancouver Titans win that match and move on. Um, now, all of these matches will then take place on the 17th as well, which means the 17th does set up our uh, qualified teams that will go to the uh, grand finals. Of course, that September 16th match against the Boston Uprising Toronto Defiant will mean that one of those teams is going on, is moving, or is going to the finals. So if Toronto wins that, that's it. They're qualified. They're playing in their own playoffs. That would be ideal because that would send Boston to the lower bracket final where, again, if Vancouver wins against San Francisco and then Vancouver wins against the London Spitfire, it would mean Vancouver plays against the Boston Uprising. And boy, howdy, would it be... Ooh, I get chills thinking about Punk facing off against the Boston Uprising and managing to pull out a win. If Punk did... And sorry, I say Punk because obviously Punk has a storied history with the Boston Uprising. If that happens and the Vancouver Titans are able to get a win over the Boston Uprising in that match, that means we'll have both Canadian teams going to grand finals, which is just the dream. The dream. I could not imagine a better finale to the Overwatch League aside from Toronto and Vancouver being the two teams that fight it out for first place. That I don't think will happen in any world, but oh my gosh. Oh my god. I'm Again, I get chills thinking about the fact that there's a very real chance here that we wind up with the Toronto Defiant qualifying and the Vancouver Titans qualifying as well. Now, when I say very real chance, is that the most likely outcome? No, it's not. Uh, what's most likely, I think, is probably the Boston Uprising beating the Toronto Defiant in the upper bracket final. That means Boston qualifies. That knocks Toronto down to the lower bracket final where, again, Vancouver makes it to them. I don't think they beat Toronto. So I do think then Toronto still qualifies. Vancouver is out. Uh, but ultimately, that would mean another Battle of Canada, another grudge match, another rematch uh, for them. That would be the most Battle for Canada's we've had in a single season, I believe. Um, and I mean, in a lot of ways, for a lot of people, that would that would be the grand final. That would be your, your grand final for the season, you know, if you're a fan of Canadian Overwatch. Or if you're just a Vancouver Titans fan. So anyways... Anyways, 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 I'm speculating just a ton here. Hopefully you followed all that. If you didn't, then whatever. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, that's that's all there is to it. So anyways, the point is this upcoming weekend, we have some very important matches coming that will set the stage for our grand finals. And it's funny, I'm looking at the calendar here, like thinking, okay, we've got matches this weekend, but then what about the 22nd, 23rd, 24th? And the fact is, I believe that what that means is that teams will be traveling. Um, I believe we will not have matches the 23rd, 20, whatever I just said. 
we have 15, 16, 17. Yep, that's right. So this is the last weekend of of play with the for the Overwatch League. Um, really, before we go into the Grand Finals Tournament, which kicks off on Thursday, September 28th. Uh, September 27th, I'm flying to Toronto, and I will be at your Grand Finals. So there you have it. That's... Uh, that's what things look like there. We have the, uh, whew, it's going to be an exciting weekend. That's that's for sure. Um, I'm not going to be watching these games live, or at least not all of them. Um, I'm just looking here, 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. That's prime time I'm going to be out of the house. So I will try and watch both of these matches uh, later on because I don't want to miss out. And then, of course, there's a very real chance that we get another battle for Canada. There's a very real chance that uh, Vancouver has at least one more match after uh, that first round. Um, you know, I'm very hopeful that it's not their last. Anyways, I'm getting into the weeds here. Lots of exciting stuff happening. Lots of exciting stuff coming up this weekend. Let's close out this show. I feel greatly empowered. All right, I've rambled enough on this episode, so I'm not going to take too long to close this thing out. Thank you so much for listening to episode 125 of One Man Watchpoint. This is, of course, an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. And you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, give me a follow on all the social media platforms. I am, of course, your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM. You can find me at Sir DRJM on all social medias and you can follow me you can reach out to me bring me whatever you want to bring me and i will of course bring it to the show please like subscribe share all that fun stuff if you like what you heard here today also check out the ready set poem podcast which i am also on and follow me for everything overwatch league grand finals thanks so much for listening and have yourself a great day Oh, you shouldn't have.